following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shaw, for our teaching resources, visit www.shaw.org.nz. Let's try that again. Good morning, everybody. Ah, oh, you all know my name. That's, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, as some of you know, I am an early childhood educator by day, crime fighter by night. And uh, so a lot of what I do is working with little children during the day, not crime fighting. And uh, so because of that, you're going to have to deal with me being an early childhood teacher this morning, which means for mat time today, children, we are going to have a little story. All right. So everyone turn on your listening ears. Our story today is called Grumpy God versus the Beach. That's Grumpy God. Now, meet Grumpy God. Grumpy God doesn't like people very much. I mean, he made people. He created the world. He loves people, but he doesn't like them. It's not quite the same thing. It's kind of like when you had an older brother or sister, right, and uh, they would push you around and not let you play with any of their toys and keep you out of their room. I'm getting a lot of nods right now, yeah. And you would go storming off to mum and dad and you'd say, I hate them. And mum would say, no, you don't hate them. They're your brother or sister. You love them. And you're like, uh, what? <laughs> so this thing I'm feeling, this is love. Okay. All right. I guess so. I guess I love them. I have to love them. They're my brother or sister. This is the love that grumpy God has for humanity. He's God. He has to love the world. But it's kind of a begrudging love, you know. So he would offer eternal life and he would offer forgiveness, right? Because that's what he's supposed to do. But he does it with this attitude of, I cannot believe I am doing this for you. Do you realize how much of a sinner you are? Do you realize how useless and worthless you are? I mean, I'm here and you are through the floor, little guy, all right? So you are lucky that I'm doing this for you. You know? So Grumpy God, he spends his days up in his big office in the sky, and he kind of stands there and he watches everybody, arms folded, scowl on his face, and he's watching, and he's waiting for you to mess up again. And as soon as you do, boom, his fist comes down on the desk, and he cannot believe you would do this to him. After everything he's done for you, after all of the, the whole cross thing, you know, you would go and you would do the sin again. And he's furious with you. And then you would do something good. And he would kind of have this attitude, well, that's what you're supposed to be doing. And is that supposed to impress me? You're like a cat that brings in a half-eaten mouse for me, you know? And plastered up on his office wall is that verse that says, you know, all of my good deeds are like dirty rags. And he's like, yeah, thanks for the dirty rags. You know, you should be doing this the whole time. And then kind of the rest of the time that you're living out your life, doing your thing, he's kind of like, you know, this is not technically sinning per se, but unless you're actively working towards glorifying me, you know, if you're, unless you're praying or reading your Bible, or 
evangelizing people or worshiping me, or unless you're learning how to do one of those four things, really you're just kind of wasting my time, aren't you? Do you want to waste God's time? I thought you did. And that's how grumpy God sees the world. He loves the world. He just doesn't like us very much. Now, you may or may not have met Grumpy God, but I'm willing to bet that you've heard of him. Because word on the street is that Grumpy God is the God of Christianity. Now meet little Jimmy. Little Jimmy believes in Grumpy God. He has his whole life, ever since he was a kid. I mean, he knows in his head that grumpy God loves him. He knows that he sent his son to save him. He knows he's heard all of the sermons about grace and love and forgiveness. He knows everything about God. But in his deepest part of his heart, he cannot shake that disapproving look on grumpy God's face. He knows how grumpy God really feels about him. He knows that grumpy God is appalled at the way he lives his life, that he's disappointed in who he is. I mean, little Jimmy goes to church. He worships God. You know, he reads his Bible every day. He tries to be a good Christian, but he knows he could probably do better. And grumpy God deserves the best. No, grumpy God deserves perfection. And every little mistake that little Jimmy makes is a constant reminder to him that he'll never be good enough for Grumpy God. He'll never be up to scratch. Grumpy God will never like him. Now, one day, uh, little Jimmy's decided he's going to do his devotional work as usual, and he decides to shake things up a little bit and go down to the local beach. Throws a few things in his bag and heads on down the road. As he nears the beach, his whole mood starts to change. You know, he can hear the waves crashing against the shore, the seagulls flying overhead. He can smell the change in the air. And his whole body just starts to relax a little bit, starts to untense. Little Jimmy loves the beach. He loves it. He loves the deep blue sky. And it's just matched in its blueness by the amazing ocean that sparkles out in front of him, light just dancing on the top of the waves. He loves the sand, the warm, inviting sand that covers his foot like a comfortable slipper. He loves the Bahutakawa trees lining the beach, casting their cool shade over the sand. It's just an absolutely magnificent place. And as he sits back, And he looks at it. He has to admit to himself, my word, grumpy God knew what he was doing when he made this place. But even as that thought formed in his head, it didn't quite sound right. Grumpy God made this beach. Didn't quite fit. And it took him a while to figure out, put his finger on what was bothering him about that statement. Grumpy God made this speech. Of course he did. Grumpy God is the, the ruler of the universe. He created everything. I mean, this is a place that screams the creative genius of God, right? 
I mean, no one else, I mean, he, he could go to school forever and hear about evolution, but there's no way that this came about by chance. This is God's work. I mean, he might as well have scrawled in the sand, by God, you're welcome. This was a place that people come face to face with the glory of God. He made the beach, but something wasn't quite right. Well, then he remembered something that everybody knows about grumpy God. Grumpy God says, I don't want anyone to have any fun. I mean, this is a very common idea. After all, this is why grumpy God has so many rules, right? I mean, rules about what you can say to people, rules about what you can think about people, rules about what you can do at parties, rules even about what you can watch on TV. I mean, rules, 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 rules. It's almost as if grumpy God is on the warpath against fun, right? Except as little Jimmy looked up and down the beach, all he could see was fun. Kids making sandcastles in the sand, people playing in the water, couples walking hand in hand down the beach, picnics. I mean, it was a... It was a veritable infestation of frivolity, you know? I mean, it was just crazy, all of this fun. And it forced little Jimmy to ask himself a question. Would grumpy God really make his creation a playground? Now, if Jimmy was grumpy God, he wouldn't. I mean, goodness no, this was the beach. This was where people came face to face with His glory, as I've said. This is the place where everyone comes into the magnificence of God's creation. The best parts of God's creation shouldn't be playgrounds, they should be temples, right? If little Jimmy was God, he would have his minions build him a nice big sanctuary. Everyone would come and visit it, but they wouldn't have fun. They would come in solemn wonder quiet reverence. The only thing they should be thinking about is not what kind of sandwiches they have or whether their sandcastle moat should have a bridge on it. What they should be thinking about is the glory of God. That's it. This temple is a place of quiet reverence. Yet, the scene in front of little Jimmy told a very different story. And as his attention fell back to the Bible sitting in his lap. He wondered if the pages in this book would back that up or not. So he had a, look, a little look around. Comes across this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Every day they, they being the you know, followers of grumpy God, continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and... Wait, what? With glad and sincere hearts. Well, that didn't sound like work. Didn't sound like the minions of a grumpy God at all. Found his way to Ecclesiastes. The writer says, Even so, I've noticed one thing at least that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during their short life God has given them, and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. Well, that did not sound like the world of grumpy God at all. And as he watched the beach scene play out in front of him, 
There was nothing he was seeing that was contradicting what he was reading here. Maybe, I mean, just, just maybe, God wanted his people to enjoy life? I know that's crazy. I know it's crazy. And little Jimmy almost had to push that thought right back out of his head. But maybe it's true. Well, this was a little bit too much for, for little Jimmy. I mean, his whole world is getting shaken right now. So he gets up and he's, he's got to move. So he walks across the street, goes to the dairy and buys himself an ice cream. And of course, it's summer. And if you're going to have an ice cream, why pretend you're an adult? So he gets goody goody gumdrops ice cream because that's really the only one to get. And so he gets it, and he's walking back across the road, and he's eating his ice cream, and it's, oh, it's good, you know? And it's cold, and it's hard, and he's kind of like biting in it, and it just kind of cools his whole body as it goes down, and it tastes awesome. You've got the little gummy drops in there. And it's one of those ice creams that you have to stop, and you look at it and go, mm, that's good, you know? So he goes back down to the beach, and something else is brooding in his mind. Because he remembered something else that uh, Grumpy God is about. Something everybody knows about Grumpy God. See, Grumpy God says, I don't care about suffering. I don't care about suffering. I mean, this is Grumpy God. He's the rule of the universe. He could do whatever he wants. He could save anybody he wants. He obviously doesn't. So he doesn't care, Right? cares about your suffering. Little Jimmy knows a lot about suffering. He has his own issues that he deals with, habits that he wish he didn't have, depression. He has friends that have gone through a messy divorce. He knows people in his church community who are suffering through some horrific things. And he sees pain and suffering on TV every day. So yeah, this has got grumpy God written all over it, right? Yet all he can think about in this moment is how good his ice cream is. <laughs> Seems a little silly. But then it occurred to him, this ice cream really is good. And you know what? My body is designed to receive and enjoy this ice cream. It tastes good. Why would it taste good? Why does anything taste good? Why does the sound of the waves sound good? Why do the Bahudakawa blooms smell good? Why is it that the sound of a kid's laughter, a kiss from his girl, all of those things, our bodies are designed to generate feelings of happiness when we receive these things. He always feels pain. He feels frustration. But his body is designed to have such rich experiences in life and it forces him to ask a question. Would grumpy God really give us such rich life experiences? Was it necessary for us to have love, for to taste good things, to have such a rich spectrum of color, to enjoy music? Is any of that really necessary? Again, if little Jimmy was grumpy God, this is not the way he would do it. He remembers the movie The Matrix, where this world that we're living in is just kind of like this fake computer program. And when the guy in the movie wakes up, the real world is just this bland, horrible place. And he's living on this metal ship underneath the 
earth because, you know, the surface of the world is destroyed. So it's this really bland, horrible existence. And he remembers this one scene where they go in and they're having food, lunch, breakfast, whatever it is. And it's just this gloop that comes out of this thing into a bowl. And it's awful looking. And the guy's like, this is everything the body needs. It's got nutrients, vitamins, whatever. Everything the body needs. And it occurred to little Jimmy that if he was grumpy God, that's the world he would create. Why would he have everything else? Everything would be to survive, to continue on, and that's it. But little Jimmy's life and the world he lived in told a very different story. It was full of rich experiences, good things. In the Bible, little Jimmy turned to Psalm 104 where it says he makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for the people to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens men's hearts, human hearts, oil to make their faces shine, and bread to sustain their hearts. Doesn't seem like a matrix world. John 10.10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, That makes sense, right? Oh, and life to the full. That's not a grumpy God statement. Grumpy God would have ended that they may have life. So yeah, suffering exists. He's not going to deny that. Little Jimmy knows it. But he can't help imagine what life would be like if grumpy God really decided to be grumpy God. How much worse it would be. And so he has this realization, maybe grumpy God wants us to live life to the full. Maybe that's who God is. Little Jimmy's mind is now swirling. (laughs) I mean, he is just, everything is being questioned about who God is. So he takes a walk down the beach. And he's he's mulling all of this over and he's, he's trying to come to terms with it. And then he remembers another little grumpy Godism. And he remembers, this is one that really bothered him about grumpy God. And he remembered that grumpy God says, I don't, I only like Christians. I don't like non-Christians. They're heathens. They're terrible people. They were to be avoided at all costs. They're horrible people. And grumpy God cannot wait for the moment where he can send them all to hell. That was something that little Jimmy thought, God, grumpy God thought. But then again, he looked up and down the beach, all of these people having fun on this beautiful sunny day. And he realized a lot of these people don't follow God. A lot of these people, in fact, some of them are very adamantly against God. Some of them worship other gods. Big no-no. There were very few people on that beach at that time who would consider themselves Christians. But there they were, having fun. And again, Little Jimmy has to ask, would grumpy God really open his playground to everyone? If little Jimmy was grumpy God, he wouldn't. In fact, if little Jimmy was grumpy God, he would have this matrix world thing going. And he would, you know, everyone would live in this little bland, everything the body needs type world for 80 years or so. And then those who decided to follow him, that he would bring them into heaven and then they would get to see his playground. They would get to see everything that God could make 
They would get to see the wonder of creation. Everyone else who is just going to turn against God, they don't get to see that. They don't get any of that. Why would they get that? They don't deserve it. Goodness me. But reality, not that way. He started thinking of places around the world. Places like Japan. Historically, they've pushed Christianity out. There are Christians in Japan, but most of them, no. Yet they have some of the most amazing scenery. Most amazing, beautiful country. There are parts in the Amazon jungle that Christians have never even seen. Why would God make it then? If we've never even seen it. And there's people there enjoying this lush, beautiful land who are making up their own gods. But he gives it to them. Thinks back to Scripture. Psalm 145.9 The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. Matthew 5.45 He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Acts 14.16 and 17 In the past He let nations all go their own way. Yet He has not left Himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. So while he could not deny that these people were estranged from God, he could not deny that they needed him to be saved, that that their eternity hangs in the balance. He couldn't shake the idea that God still actually liked them. Like he thought they were good people. I mean, not good in, in morality sense, but he, he liked who they were. <sighs> they can't be going to be God. Transition, the, 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 he transitioned into the evening. Sun was coming down, shedding its different lights over the sky and the water. He sits back and he's just, he's struck by two things. First of all, he's struck by the fact that if little Jimmy was God, everyone would be in a lot of trouble. And it's a good thing that he's not God. The second thing is, he's struck by this idea. His idea of who grumpy God was so much further off than he ever realized. And this idea that was thrust in his face, he could not escape it, he could not get around it, it was there. He could not escape the idea that God is good to us. He's good. And not just in a sense that, of course, he's good because he's God. He can't do anything wrong. If he does it, that makes it good. You know, he's good to us. He's kind. He's caring. It's not begrudging. It seems a little bit like he enjoys being good. But why? (laughs) Why would he be good to us? Because he likes us. He likes us. Not just loves, the way a parent is supposed to love a child. He likes us. He enjoys us. He sees us having fun and it puts a smile on his face. Little Jimmy, that's a very foreign concept. 
It's life-changing. God actually likes him and wants him to enjoy life. (laughs) And this sneaking little hopeful thought just started peeking through. Maybe he was good enough for God to accept him. Maybe he was okay. Maybe he's okay. I mean, he still experienced pain and suffering. He struggles with the why. His understanding of God's sovereignty hasn't changed. God is still the ruler of the universe. He still has set right and wrong. He still wants us to follow right. He still understands that God wants all of us. And where he goes, he wants us to follow. That we give up our entire lives for him. He gets all of that. But something has changed. Something fundamentally has changed in the way he sees who God is. Grumpy God is starting to disappear. And in his place is someone else. A father God. A loving God. One who looks approvingly at his little boy. One who delights in the good times, grieves with him in the, in the dark times. A father God who cares for him deeply from his heart. A father God who looks forward to the day when he can throw open the gates of heaven with arms wide open and say to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Come and share in my happiness. Too good to be true. So little Jimmy sits back and he soaks up this beach scene. And one more verse floods his mind. One more verse penetrates his consciousness. And it sits in front of him. Hmm. That's the end of the story. But before I run away, I want to make a little editor's note. I told this story last week at another church. <laughs> Preachers shouldn't say they do that. But afterwards, someone came up to me, and they asked me if it was a coincidence that little Jimmy, which is a nickname for James, is an English variation of Hamish. Turns out it was a coincidence, but <laughs> it shouldn't have been. I am little Jimmy. I have, for most of my life, okay, I have for all of my life believed in grumpy God. That has been my vision of who He is. I have believed in grumpy God so long and so powerfully, it has entrenched itself, entrenched itself in my heart. But I made another realization as I was talking last week. Grumpy God, this image of how grumpy God sees me, doesn't come from grumpy God. It comes from me. To borrow a counseling term, I project that image onto God because that's how I feel about myself. God doesn't think I'm a loser. God doesn't think I'm worthless. God doesn't think any of that stuff I do. So I assume, because God knows everything, that's how he sees me as well wrong it's just wrong 
The Bible asks us to worship God in spirit and in truth. And we may have the spirit, but it's really, really hard to worship God in spirit if you don't have the truth. This is something that I have been to counseling for, something that I am going to continue to go to counseling, professional counseling for, because I have to remove grumpy God. He must be fired, executed. If you feel like the same way, if grumpy God has taken up residence in your heart, not in your head, he never really sits up here. doesn't take much to convince us intellectually that grumpy God doesn't exist. But down here, this is a locked fortress, especially for Kiwis. We put them in there, we turn the key, we throw it down the drain, and there's nothing that's going to tell us any differently. We can tell our hearts that God loves us. We can show our hearts the cross and everything that God did, and you know what our hearts do? La, 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 la. That's what they do. So I'd like to recommend something. Encourage, plead with you. If you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. If grumpy God is entrenched in here, get him out and get help, professional help. We have a couple of counselors in our, in our congregation, Jane Hepburn and Brian McStay. Put your hands up, guys. They will point you in the right direction. They'll be able to tell you how to do it. Reuben will be able to tell you how to get in touch with someone. It's okay. It's okay to be a Kiwi bloke in counseling, you know? It's good. But grumpy God must die. Let me pray. Lord, uh, we know you love us. We know you've done so much for us. I ought to feel that in our hearts, that you care for us, that we are okay, that you delight in us. Thank you that you do. Even if we struggle to believe it, even if we struggle to feel it, Lord, we know it's true. You are not grumpy, God. You are loving Father, God. That is who we are praising. That is who we worship. That is who we serve. Thank you for being that. In your name, amen. This has been a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more of our teaching resources or to donate to our teaching resource ministry or for more information on Shaw Community Church, visit www.shaw.org.nz Alternatively, you can email office at shaw.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455. Thank you for listening.